All right, folks, here we go on a Wednesday, Sports Insider Radio. Inviting you to check out sportsinsiderradio.com. And the number is 800-209-1679, 800-209-1679. And our friends John and Mike from johnsyndicate.com, Kenny White, oddsxfactor.com. I'm Brian Blessing, glad to be with you. We love jumping on board with you midweek, looking ahead to all the big opportunities that are on the wagering board. Football may be behind us, fellas, as we bring in John and Mike. Football's behind us, but there's plenty on the menu. Hi, guys. What's happening? Another day at the beach, man. Hey, how you guys doing? Sounds good. Sounds good. College hoops, man. We're getting ready for the end of the regular season and then these conference tournaments. Uh, college hoops takes uh, center stage and then all kinds of goodies coming up throughout the summer months. I know you guys are fired up for baseball. Michael, your Orioles, are, are you drooling? Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, you know, last year was a big disappointment from the previous year. I, I don't think they improved much with their starting five. They, they signed a pitcher last week, but I don't think that's going to help them at all. I mean, unless Bundy and Gosman really bring it, which I just don't see them being the top-tier pitchers in the AL, it's just going to be another tough year. Now, John, tell me, you guys, you're not playing Grapefruit League games, are you? You're not going to play? No. no that's, <laughs> we, we, draw, we draw the line. You Between draw the international line. sports, hockey, basketball, <laughs> Champions Olympic, League. Olympic, 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 uh, Events we don't need to play the Grapefruit League. Yeah, I hear you. There's there's enough out there to keep us all uh, interested. So what, what, what's uh, here midweek? You got some soccer going in the so, daytime. Yeah. So basically, yeah. So basically, I've I've been dealing with a, a large betting group, and it's, it's interesting. Everybody likes to bet the games the day of the games, but if you can, we always talk about, it, and we didn't have time yesterday when we were on the radio. You can listen to that segment archived online here at SportsInsiderRadio.com, obviously, but. We were talking about not what you bet, but when you bet. And so, but then there's also another issue of knowing your number on a game and being comfortable if the line moves against you. So yesterday was a perfect example. Um, I have a group out in Vegas. They, they send me their plays the night before. They let me know what they're moving on to anticipate the line move. So they had Mississippi plus 9.5 the night before. Yesterday it closed at 7.5, so they got the best of it. Obviously, they won the game outright. They had Citadel, and I'm making a valid point here. I'm not bragging about games. They had Citadel plus 20 and a half. It closed at 18. They won the game outright. They got the best of the number. Obviously, it didn't matter. But they also had Kentucky. And so what you have to understand is Kentucky, they got it four the night before, and then it closed at five and a half. So they didn't get the best of the number. But the thing is to be comfortable with your numbers. So they had Kentucky plus four overnight, and then the line goes up to five and a half in some spots. So everybody's calling me and going, people that subscribe to these overnight plays, man, I could have waited, I could have got them plus five and a half. But if you know that Kentucky really should be a one-point favorite and the line goes against you, it's all right. They won the game 87-72. to 72. So it's not only about beating the number, which they did on the majority of their games, it's being comfortable with knowing what the number should be. And if the line goes against you, not panicking, maybe just adding more. My group in Vegas, they have plus four the night before, Brian, and it goes to five and a half or six. They don't panic. They just add more. They go, oh, I got a better price. Well, you know, there's so much that goes into being successful at this, getting the best of the number. But like you said, too, I mean, you know, there's there's the management aspect of it, the money management, uh, you know, uh, when the time is right. I, I you know, they, there's no, again, I say I always say this, there's no value in ripping up a losing ticket. But, but trying to find those opportunities over the course of time that get you the level best of a number because over the course of time it's going to work in your favor. Right, and so what happens is a lot of clients, when we tell them, don't play the game if you could have had plus 20, and now it's 18. And then they get mad when the Citadel wins the game outright. But the point is, over the course of time, if you're chasing bad numbers, most of the, over, I mean, a season, you're going to lose money. It's great when you have a night where you're on all these dogs and you got the best of the number, and they all win the game outright. Well, I wasn't telling people to play the games on the money line. I was telling them to get the best of the number. 
So what happens is when you, if the game would have landed on 19 and they, it was 20, it's easy to make that valid point to some clients. But a lot of clients, because they're left to their own management, obviously they're doing, they're taking the advice and doing what they're going to do at the window or wherever they do it on their own. And a lot of these guys, they're hard-headed. They won't play that. They just will, no matter what the game is, they're going to play. You follow what I'm saying, Brian? No, there's no doubt about that. I and and you know the other thing is is having. But that's not the pro way to play. No the pro way it, to play is to be a mercenary and know your number and go with it and and say if that line moves against me, you know what, I'm going to lay off. And the other thing is, I mean, you know, there's having a knack for you know having a, a an indicator, and you're not going to be right all the time. Um, it's just like you're not going to pick winners all the time. But if you're right eight out of ten times. Uh, in terms of which way you think a number is going to go, that's advantageous as well. Either bet early uh, because you think a number is going to steam, or if you like the dog, do wait because you do think it's going to steam, but you want to come back the other way. So you know, having that ability to read between the lines in terms of where the anticipation is that the number will go is a big component to what this is all about. Right, and so, like, for instance, right now as we're live on the air at 10.13 in Las Vegas, one thirteen here in Baltimore, my group sent me six plays. You want them, you got to call to get them, but I'll tell you this, they beat the number. It doesn't mean they're going to win the games, but it means that if you're going to get those selections today, five of those games, the lines haven't really moved, you could still play them. But one game, they basically put an extra and they say, look, if you didn't get it last night, don't play it. Now, if they, it's a dog. Now, let's say they win the game outright. Everybody's upset. Oh, uh, but it's easy after the fact. A lot of times, the difference between the opening number and the closing number, regardless of which way it moves, you can, the, you know, big groups they actually go both ways and set up a middle. So that Mississippi game yesterday, who they play? Um, Missouri. Missouri. Uh, Missouri. They closed at seven and a half. They opened at nine and a half on the overlight line. We obviously would never add to plus seven and a half, Brian. But there's times where you'll actually grab some seven and a half because you got a free two-point middle and a lot of times that difference between the nine and a half and the seven and a half does hit where it lands on eight so that's where you have to either add to the position if the line goes against you which means you're actually getting a better price which is hard for a lot of people to grasp you know i had plus four now it's plus five and a half Ooh, everybody's betting the other side that's chump square stuff you know your game. You know that you really like this dog. Look, if you're taking plus four, you don't think they're going to lose by three. You think that they have a good opportunity of winning the game outright. So you're getting, it's, you're getting a better price at five and a half. And now if you have plus nine and a half and everybody's on your side and the game goes down to seven and a half, same thing with the Citadel game on Tuesday, 20 down to 18, you can actually go the other way for – 50%, 30% of that original position, and that's why we know certain groups, we're not going to name names here, millions have been made going from the opening to the closing. So well, I just wanted to get into the concept of trading sports as opposed to always being obsessed with each individual game because when we did that video five years ago, which you guys can call the office, we'll send you the link, betting as a business one-on-one, Brian, we always, in that video, it was a 25-minute video talking about the value not the game that you wager. And I think too many people get obsessed with betting the team they like, regardless of what the line is. They claim they want to win money, but they won't switch sides if the line goes in the direction that basically gives them an opportunity to get value. I know you hate that word, but that's the reality. The reality is if you're a real, you should be a, what I call a betting mercenary. And it doesn't matter if you like Buffalo, like we talked well, about if, yesterday. If in fact, I basically told you Buffalo well, well, was going to well, lose yesterday. Well, let me, let, me, let, me get, let, me get it, let me get into that because that's exactly where I was going to go with this because we had a shorter segment yesterday. And we, I said I wanted to focus on Buffalo, said we would do it today. Now, exactly. go back. Uh, on this show, since we we started doing this when? Uh, Sports Insider in October? Week one of the NFL season. All right. So, uh, in, uh, I guess at the beginning of November, we talked about specifically about a team. I sent Kenny an email said, hey, listen, Buffalo's a good basketball team, and they're going to get this kid. His name's Wes Clark. He's a point guard from uh, Missouri who had to sit out for the better part of a year. This kid is not eligible to join the team until December 16th. When this kid joins this team, it is going to be a completely different animal. So we got on board with that. This kid came in. They're the best team in the MAC. 
Uh, and they went on a run, and they were winning games left and right, left and right, left and right. It took a while, but the odds makers caught up with it, and they started exactly. laying big numbers. They were still covering the big numbers, but now it's an overinflated number, and now it's the grind yeah, of the season. They're 11 and 12 against so the spread. Now. now they're more of a 500 team. They lost outright last night on the road because they realize what matters to them. It's a one-bid conference for the tournament. It's all now about peaking at the right time in the conference tournament. But what we said yesterday was that the odds makers had caught up with them and the ship had sailed in terms of value of playing them. But what I told you yesterday was the one thing they have not caught up with is this team's pace of play. And and they are going up and down the court and their backups can score like wildfire. The total on that game yesterday, uh, I just had it. I think... Uh, it flew up. It was one forty nine. It went up to one fifty one. The final score of the game was eighty four eighty one. So yeah, I follow those teams. If I have my druthers, I'm thrilled when they win the games. But where are you it, from, Brian? But, no, it, but 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 by following these guys and the four teams, and I'll tell you tonight, Canisius and Niagara playing. That's a neutral. Canisius one of the. That's well, a we'll neutral. That that's a neutral court game. Uh, they just they played at, you know at the other building. Uh, whatever it was a month ago, and the place is packed, and it was a circus act, and tonight it's the same thing, uh, basically with those teams together. G- generally, you, you want to take the points, but I will tell you that will be a track meet tonight. But back to the Buffalo thing, it, the train was over, right? I mean, you got to know when to get off the train in terms of playing these guys, but the, but the pace of play... It was so undervalued, and they scored 165 on the road last night with a total of 151. So you can adjust playing sides, but by following the same team, know when to get off. Or, I mean, the other thing you could have done is start fading these guys. But the one thing that was a constant was their pace of play. And and we talk, we did mention that yesterday. Watch out for these guys that the oddsmakers had not caught up to them from a pace of play perspective. Right. And, and look, they could have easily hit a couple of threes and won the game and, and not covered or hit more than a couple of threes and won the game and covered. But the point was, is what I was saying yesterday on the radio, was line makers adjust because they came out hot, and then they were 11-11 against the spread going into last night. And they make them a six-point road favorite. And, again, if you look at all the seasonal stats like I was talking about last week, which is basically there's about a 52% edge to straight up home wins, not point spread right. this season in college basketball. So basically if you ruled out playing any road favorite in the in the in in um in basketball, you would really save yourself a lot of pain if you weren't willing to purchase information from one of our sources. Um, you know, basically the road it's interesting. Home teams are winning and not covering and road teams are losing and covering. So last night was very weird because you had all these dogs at my group bet early, one of my groups, and they actually were all outright winners. I mean, you look at teams like Citadel yesterday, they were plus 18. They won the game outright. Look, you're going to have nights like that. Um, but the reality is is the game that I was talking about where I liked, I gave it out on the air yesterday was Vanderbilt, and they didn't cover. They didn't win. They lost by 10. Uh, but the, the value in that game was in the second half because we always talk about the first half games. But then, look, a lot of money is made in the second half in these games. I also had Mississippi, for instance, yesterday in the second half when I saw they were able to hang. And so we got them plus eight and a half, Brian, in the second half, and then plus 200 on the money line. A lot of people don't look at those second half money lines, which is something I've been starting to get into. Um, and make it a nice little mint just on the money lines in the second half because if you look at a lot of these money lines, Brian, you see them, they're overinflated in the second half. Here you have a team that's up 10, and all, all they got to do is win the second half, which means lose by nine, and you could be getting plus 200. Well, in the one thing, or, and, Mike, more. and Mike, I would throw at you, the one thing, and not all the time, but sometimes, I mean, and there are, are indicators, when you look at something that's on the board and you say, that's just not right. I, I mean, it's foreign to the eye. And but there's two ways you can go. You can say, uh, did the, are the are they wrong, or is the number telling you something? Like, like there was an example a few weeks back. I mean, uh, St. Bonaventure's on a dead run, laying one uh, on the road against LaSalle, and they're way better than them. Well, it was close, but they won. But that game last night, just to, to finally we'll put the Buffalo thing to bed. But but it was about the number. 
Buffalo, like we said, they're overinflated. And they've been laying 8, 9, 10 on the road, and they've been stepping on teams next. They walked in uh, last night to play that game against a team that's got a 500 record, and all they're doing is looking ahead to the conference tournament, and the number was only six. So the odds makers threw an opinion in there that they, they thought that was a bad spot, and they were spot on. So sometimes the number can be an indicator to push you in a direction. Well, and I... I definitely agree with all of that, but right now this is a very tricky part of the season where we're heading into conference tournament play. A lot of teams really don't see the value of running their guys out because they know if they just get that one at-large bid, they need to be ready for the big leagues and the big tournament. So you really have to watch, take your spots because the line may not indicate that, but a lot of coaches, if there's some nagging injuries with guards, like I, this is my rule of thumb that I played throughout the whole season. If a starting guard is out for any team, I literally try to stay away from that game. Guard play is so important in college basketball that if you don't have that that cohesion in the backcourt, first of all, you're not going to get far in the tournament. But in these games, you see that anybody that turns the ball over time and time again loses. So if you have that you know cohesion in the backcourt and they're playing together, I'll even look at the game. But if I see any sort of injury, because a lot of times in college, they don't give you the injury reports right away, and you have to wait till an hour or two before game time. So it's kind of the, the opposite of playing the game early, but if you know that there's no injuries going into the following day, that's when you play the game early. But otherwise, you literally have to hold off to get the final injury report because otherwise you're playing blind. I, you know, listen, um, the other thing you're talking about, uh, when you say it is buyer beware, even some of the big teams when you get into their conference tournaments – some teams, their eye on the prize is the NCAA tournament that, you know, going through a gauntlet of a conference tournament, some guys, some coaches actually feel it just wears them out. And, you know, they're not that worried about the conference tournament because they're firmly entrenched uh, in, in the big dance. But they get teams that get that cornered rat mentality that they could be a 500 team or having a down year. But all of a sudden in the last four or five games, the coach changes personnel. He changes their style. And all of a sudden, they look at it as a fresh start. And all of a sudden, uh, it becomes kind of a different team uh, that, that, that you can ride the wave with. So you're right about what a perilous time of year it is to try to read between the lines. Well, and, uh, and along with that, the coaches are trying to really – this whole month, all the coaches have been playing their starting lineups opposed to January and December when they were just getting the feel for playing the out-of-conference schedule, seeing which freshmen are actually playing well – and getting them into the rotation. Now the rotation is solidified. Now they're really trying to find the best scheme to go into the tournament with, and seeding is very important. And a lot of teams that are right on the bubble are literally every game is a tournament game right now. So you have to take that into effect when you're playing these games, just not by looking at the spread, seeing they're against a spread record blindly, because all of that factors in. It's not NBA where they're, if they're in the top eight seeds, they're going to get in the playoffs. This is much different. If they're a bubble team, every game is a tournament game right now. Yeah, and listen, you know, if you're listening to this radio live in Las Vegas or online, and your whole obsession is to get off work and play Louisville Duke on ESPN, you're not in this business to make money. If you're not looking at those obscure teams, if you're not looking at the San Jose State-Nevada matchups, if you're not looking at the Cal State-Fullerton-Cal Riverside matchups, if you're just obsessed with with playing the games that are on TV, I would say, Brian, you're an entertainment better. It's going to be really hard for you to make a long-term profit because usually those games are the games that will drive somebody crazy right down to the wire. It's sports. Unless you're looking at second halves. SportsInsiderRadio.com, 800-209-1679, 800-209-1679. And we had a little bit of a break, too, fellas, but uh, we'll get the NBA back, back and bouncing again tomorrow night. So... Um, you know things heat up. You've got the the home stretch of NBA hockey, and of course uh, college hoops is just going to be nuts. So this is as great as football is. This is a wonderful time of year where things really heat up, and you get some great opportunities on a daily basis. I mean, honestly, is thirty years in this business, thirty one years actually. You know, I'm not a, as as Mike will tell you, and you already know this. I'm not really much of a fan of any of the sports, but I love the daily grind of basketball and and MLB and even now NHL 
and you're going to talk about overinflated, just to talk about overinflated games. Like, you know, I, I, had, I made a small play on Anaheim on Sunday, not because I didn't think, you know, basically it's value. There's something to be said for when you're, especially in money line sports, and that's where we're going to get into it with baseball and the remainder of the NHL season. When you're looking at value, value means, hey, you know this team should win, and maybe they should be laying 150, but they're laying 180, Brian. Well, now that the value is really gone unless you want to lay the one and a half run line. So in the in the NHL, you know, we see we have seen a lot of dogs coming in lately because this is the time of, you know where people start. You know, it's not the end of the world if they lose a game here, they lose a game there. People, are, the good teams are firmly entrenched. But you know, tonight we don't have, we're not going to talk about tonight's game because. But all I'm going to say to you is this: is that there's a lot of value looking at dogs, whether it's in NHL or MLB upcoming, and we'll be talking about MLB obviously as we get closer. No, hey, listen. You talk about the value of, of you know, finding the best of numbers, and uh, on a daily basis, you guys are into the soccer and, and find spots. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, last week, who was oh, Neymar? What was the uh, Paris Saint Germain play Real Madrid? And the whole world was playing, trying to get value on the dog side, and they scored first, right, Mike? And then I think the final was three one, right? Right. So you know, it just goes to show. Here is the best. What is he? The most paid player in all of soccer? Right. Correct. And once you get a couple of 500 million something crazy, you know, they make NFL players look like they're poor. Um, but here's the thing putting that much emphasis on one player, Brian, and is, is, I go back to, I don't overly get excited when I'm, my group is playing these overnight games because they're beating the number. You know, Mike is really into that. You know, look, there's a 10 year gap between Mike and myself. We don't have to talk about, I mean, you're a young man, Brian, but I'm 45. Mike's 35. So I'd say he's, he's into the fantasy league. He's in the, following each individual player and he gets obsessed with that stuff i look at it more like there's a team and i look at it like more like when you're going to get that one player that's injured or out the it gives the other op- players an opportunity to audition and actually step up if you really dig deep into the stats there's not a lot of injuries that really a lot of teams win with that good player out the flip side of that is when you have a player like neymar and everything's on his shoulders in soccer, and you, the whole world is betting, and the line makers make them a dog. That's when you talk about reading into the line. They're making them a dog. With the number one player in all of soccer, they're basically telling you, look, they're probably not going to win the game. But people look at it like they're getting a gift, and that's why you have to know the psychology of how these line makers actually set lines. And that's where working with Kenny and working with you over the last couple of years, it shows you from a line-making point of view, when you get away from the handicapping point of view of this individual matchup, two teams against this team, and you understand the psychology, you can make a lot more money looking at a broader scope. Yeah, you've got to know if your main player is out or your main player is in, but I don't really run and switch sides and put my tail between my legs just because a player is out it's not one of the main things. Mike will do that. He'll put his tail between his legs, Brian. Mike, whoa, you got a whoa. tail? <laughs> He'll run, man. He'll run. He'll get off that game quick. And a lot of times he gets off games that are winners. He won't switch sides, but he'll, you know, he'll basically lose the vig and he'll watch his team still win because, you know what, everybody's excited that they don't have the limelight on the one player, and now maybe that guy can get a better contract next year. Look what happened. Well, who was it last year for Philadelphia? He can, uh, no, not Philadelphia. Um, the championship game, the Georgia, the Georgia game, uh, the college football championship game. This is what happens when players get injured and they bring in a substitute. Sometimes the substitutes shine beyond expectation, and this guy was the first time he was ever in a game, right? First time he was ever in a game on that stage, they just brought him in in the second half, and he wins the game. And that goes back to not packing. If you if your bench is deep, and your or your closers are deep in the MLB season, and you have now if you know if you know that you don't have any good players behind you, and there's that injury, well, that's a whole other story. But I think a lot of the work is knowing the full uh, full personnel of these teams and know that, hey, if the main player is out, can somebody actually have a shot to come in and shine? There you go. Good stuff. It is Sports Insider Radio. I invite you to check sportsinsiderradio.com. John's fancy bottle of water is sitting right there. You can see him working away on the trade floor. You can give the boys a shout, 800-209-1679, 800-209-1679. More hoops, a little hockey talk. 
Olympics, whatever it may be. It's all on the board for you. Sports Insider Radio. Check it out, sportsinsiderradio.com. Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to oddsxfactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to oddsxfactor.com. 1-800-209-1679. That's 1-800-209-1679. Pick up the phone and make the call. Get today's Consensus Club play absolutely free. Coming from the outside to the inside here at SportsInsidersRadio.com. Get our top Consensus play from me, John, yours truly, plus Kenny White and Brian Blessing. It's absolutely free. Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. Sports Insider Radio, inviting you to check out the website, sportsinsiderradio.com. Number to call is 800-209-1679, 800-209-1679. Back with the boys, John and Mike from johnsyndicate.com. Uh, and listen, I will tell you, um, you know, the NBA, the NHL, you know, the other thing uh, you can take a look at are, are futures, and people love to play that, but there, there's a trade deadline coming up in hockey on monday and there's going to be opportunities from a future perspective to play teams that are right now currently on the outside looking in and now's the time to strike if you were going to play futures on those teams on the premise they'll make a run and then get in and have back class and can fare well that being said if you're willing to take that leap of faith with the futures you're also going to find a window of opportunity with these teams in the short term after the trade deadline, once they get the team that they're officially going to move forward with the rest of the uh, way, there's going to be a, you know, I, I'd say a shorter rather than longer window, but there'll be an opportunity to be on board with who identifying the teams, who are going to make the push and make a run and got a bounce in their step because deals were made, and that comes up Monday with the trade deadline. So the, the basic moral of that story is we are constantly in look-ahead mode here. Yeah, I mean, right now while I'm talking to you, believe it or not, is just a segue to MLB because, you know, I'm getting very excited, and it's never too early to do your research. You, 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 if you can find the right value, I know you hate that word. I mean, there are some teams I'm looking at here that are just like, you know, even the Orioles, they're plus 35, 35 to 1 to win the American League pennant. And then, you know, what are you going to do, play the Yankees early plus 225? There's no value. So it's like some of these lines that they put up are so low that there's really no point. You know, the score you make, especially, I mean, I'm looking at the um, National League pennant. There's five, there's 10 teams that are plus 5,000, literally six teams that are plus 5,000 on the early to win the league. That means it's wide open. 
It's not that wide open in the American League. In the American League, I mean, really, you're stuck with the Yankees, Cleveland, Houston. That's it. Those are the top three, all basically even money. And the, but in the in the National League pennant, I mean, it's wide open from the Mets down to the down to the Phillies. You got the Phillies, the Braves, the Giants, the Rockies, the Brewers, the Mets. I mean, you, it's like a horse race. You you could put a little bit of money on each one of those, and you have a shot, even if one comes in. And in baseball season, you know, I know you're you're you know you guys you know love playing those dogs. Uh, but we also know the streak aspect of the baseball season and getting on board with the streak early. And uh, believe me, I mean, you can ride those things. Yeah, you know, the thing what I wanted to say before the break is what I love about baseball and NHL is that they're pure. And, it, and when I say pure betting sports, it doesn't cloud the mind. And what I mean by that is if you look at a commercial for a game on national television, they're talking about number one ranked against number three ranked, and they're talking about their ranking, which is just straight-up wins. And the problem with that is that that straight-up win ranking, that fanfare-based thinking, clouds your judgment because you're never betting on the money line. Usually you're betting on the spread. So if you take, for instance, tonight, and you take Florida against Tennessee on ESPN2, this game at 6 o'clock your time, you have Tennessee, which is 19-7 and seven, straight up. So all these people are going to look to bet Florida, but they're 11 and 12 against the spread. You see the difference, Brian? They're one game below 500, even though they straight up won. They're 19 and seven, and you don't have that occurrence in NHL. You don't have that occurrence in MLB. The game wins. The game wins. The game loses. The game loses. And so when you're looking at the straight up record, the straight up record is the betting record. Now, obviously, you have to take into account the money line, but the bottom line is they're not different records unless you're laying the goal line. But we're going to just, for this argument's sake, if you saw a team was 19-7 and in hockey or in MLB, you know that regardless of what the money line was, you, you won 19 bets and you lost seven. Again, well, it comes back to the money management aspect of it, Mike. I mean, I, there, again, we, we talk about the myriad of – uh, things that you've got to compile and put in the pieces of the, the Rubik's Cube together to be successful at this. Well, I mean, it's variance is the key to this game. Anybody, you know, nobody's expecting it high percentage. We don't live in the positive expectancy world trying to win Whoa. 70, 80% of our games. Say, that, say that, that again. Impressed. Say that again. That was, like, say it again. Say that it was again, Socratic. Mike. Positive expectancy. <laughs> and you know what positive expectancy is, Brian? <laughs> no. But it's seven ten games. You're betting ten games like an average square better. And his his strategy, his money management strategy strategy is he thinks he's gonna win seven out of ten. If I can just find a guy that I can buy picks from that's gonna go seven out of ten, I can make a good substantial income in this game. And instead they don't realize that the professional betters that basically own the biggest houses, drive the largest cars own golf courses and such forth, they win 56% of the time because just like I go back to, I've said it on archive shows, every stock has a different price, every game has a different value. Now, you see it more in the NHL and you see it more in the MLB because you see a team is minus 200 and then another team is minus 110, and that shows you, hey, maybe that team has a greater chance to win. You don't see that in a point spread. The point spread is the great equalizer. So if you're not getting reduced juice and you're betting that 110, the average guy that will call up here looking to buy Kenny's plays, my plays, your plays, all of the plays, what they're looking for is not really to win money initially. What they're looking for is more W's than L's. And they don't understand that it doesn't matter if they have more L's than W's if they had more money on the W's. That's positive expectancy. That's po- I, Mike, I'm telling you, that sounded great in the sentence. And then I'm glad he defined it. I mean, that was, that was strong. Hey, Brian, have you ever dr- had water with cayenne pepper in it? It'll give you a little kick. That's what I'm drinking today. Water oh, oh, Brian, with cayenne one pepper. No, no, I don't he, think he's explained. I don't know if he was doing this when he was uh, in studio last time. He only eats every 24 hours. Uh, you, you are not going to believe this. And, and Mom is out there listening. I mean, she, she's enamored listening to you two knuckleheads. Uh, you know what? Every morning, although she didn't do it today, but throughout the course of the winter with the cold and the flu season, all this stuff, Every morning, I don't even know what it is. She makes this concoction 
of I don't. It might be tea at some point, but it's it's got all kinds of nonsense in it. And one of the it's Tabasco sauce. She throws That's it, awesome. And, I got to try and, it. And I just slug this this thing down. Knock on wood. And everybody here at the radio station's been running running around with the cold or the flu. Knock on wood. I've I've. I've dodged it, although I'm sitting in here taking Purell showers all day long. But I drink these ridiculous concoctions that she makes. But one of them, you said cayenne pepper. She's throwing Tabasco sauce and hot sauce in this stuff. I like it. I like it. I might add some Tabasco sauce to my cayenne pepper. Well, Brian, now that you're you know you're not sick and you're healthy, you know I have a a room for you set up for the freakness when you fly in. Uh huh. You know, well, I'll tell you what. If I was going to do it, do it right. I would fly to Buffalo first and bring really good chicken wings to you. Yeah, I want to pay this bet off, Mike. I mean, listen, I, you know. I'm going to eat them for you this next trip. Listen, <laughs> here's the thing: the horse racing is another issue with money management. You know, I, I I've been playing around dibble dabbling with the horses my whole life. Live five minutes from Pimlico, but here's the thing, Brian: dibble Guys dabbling, will, <laughs> dibble dabble. I'm not like some people I know that don't dibble dabble. They're just uh, in. Uh, is that a verb? But, you know. I don't know if this is how you handicap the horses, but I have a guy, and he was giving me races, and he was winning, 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 winning. I mean, unbelievable record. But the problem was, I felt there was no value. A lot of chalk. Huge chalk. So it's like, you're not really impressing me if you're betting a race, and you're getting, and you're, and you're you know, there's no real payoff. I want to, in that sport, I want to score. Well, now, you may disagree. Well, no, I don't. I mean, well, the one thing I would say, the caveat to that, uh, is uh, I am more prone now uh, if I believe that a horse has to fall down to lose instead of having the mindset that many horse players have, well, I can beat them. If, no, if I've got an edge, I'm going to play him and I'm going to find the long shot to run second to him. But my argument has always been with you, you know, in regards to horse racing, is that the horse player's stubborn mentality, I'm going to beat the favorite, is the same guy who will sit there and uh, lay 110 to win 100 on a football game that's minus three that's basically a coin flip. If you think you got an edge, play the edge. But uh, the, the beauty of this sport uh, is the a really good handicapper, John, a really good horse racing handicapper, if you're winning 33% of the time, you're good at it. But the difference is, you're getting three, five, ten, twelve, fifteen to one shots in there. So if you're exactly. winning every, you know, one out of every three races, so if, you're, if you're, yeah, right. So my point is, this guy is, let's say he was fifty percent, but he's giving me nothing but chalk. I couldn't really do much with that. It was like, eh. I mean, you know, yeah, you know, I need, I want some, I want some dogs to come in. They're there every day in every race. So you know, and and the thing with the the I, I I say this as, and I'm not pointing you out. You've been playing horses your whole life, but you know, it amazes me that you can't. I don't know where the young base of horse betters is because it is legal in every state outside of Nevada, including Nevada, to wager on horses with the OTB and the phone apps. So. You know, it's not like it's hard to get down on horses. You can go to any, I'm not going to name sites, but you can go to any legal site, and you're not going offshore, you're staying inside the country, and you tell this to people, and even today in 2018, Brian, when I tell somebody, they can go turn on a channel on their cable or satellite network, watch horses all day, and then fund an account, they're in shock. They don't even realize it. I know. Well, hey, listen. I mean, listen. The third Mahoning Valley of all places just went. The horse that won was seven to two. The horse is going to come back and pay nine dollars and seventy cents on a two dollar wager. Well, I mean, how about people get all you know in sports wagering? You go, oh, I had that big upset. You know, I had the money line. They were plus a dollar eighty. I mean, here's a horse race, six horse field, and the horse the horse goes off seven to two. Uh, you know, did you hit it? Well. I mean, there's got to be a little money management involved with it too, but I'm saying, from there you go. From the value of playing it, it's a grind. But if you can be disciplined and find those spots where a horse is lone speed, or there's so much speed that the race just has to be set up for a closer, if you're patient and you manage your money, you will find these overlaid. What do we try? We always try can you to say find that to Mike again. Say it to Mike again. If you're patient. Oh, and you well. manage your money. When we pull up to Pimlico, we can actually make some money. My, really Mike, sure Mike, that that, Mike, was that, I, I, was I that just was a, blah 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 blah? Was that just a bad day? I mean, I, I mean, he 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 always goes back. The funny thing is because we had 
I, I think, right, John? We hit a few days in a row. We won some horses. So then you went over, and I gave you like a couple of horses, and he went in there with a Brinks truck and got his head ripped off. I told him to go over there and, you know, go to the 1500 My high school knew the trainer. She was training this horse. The horse yeah. can't lose. The horse yeah, can't no, lose, no. Right. no that, that's, yeah, don't ever listen to a trainer. <laughs> Ex-girlfriend, that's what he gets. <laughs> they all think they're going to win. <laughs> right, he said to me, after it wins, you'll be, John, you'll be in the winner's circle. The horse is still running. But it's all right. Um, you know, I will say this. Like I said, it's an amazing living right around the corner. Look, it's a gambling culture in Baltimore with the horses, and it's amazing when you talk to sports gamblers, it's very hard, very hard to convert them, even though it's very easy for them to get down, because this goes back to, if you're listening to this show, you should be wagering on an event to make money, not simply because you like the sport, and this is why, obviously, the largest handle is in football, because obviously more people enjoy football, but, you know, like you said, if you have access to information, and even you give me information that I can send to clients if they want it in horses, and you're very good, um, and I don't know how you do it. I just see you open up the daily racing form, and then two seconds later you go bet this, and then we cash. I'm like three and zero with you like that. Um, or you know, and, like, and, and you know what? Very quickly, and I would just say this: uh, yeah, that's happened a few times, and, uh, and and the the horse is still running in other times. But you know what? The lesson is there is that when I get hot doing that, or or, or have have a successful run with it, I've always been that way. Is your first impressions are usually right. If and, and, and you can apply all. I think there's so much of horse racing, uh, handicapping that you can apply to sports wagering. Your first impressions are usually right. Don't overthink things. If it makes sense and your instincts tell you it's right, you know your instincts are probably right. That doesn't mean you don't do your homework and you go and read between the lines and all these other things that come into play. But specifically with horse racing, the more you stare at it, you'll start. You'll sit there and start to try to manufacture a case for something when it was as obvious as the nose on your face if you didn't overthink it. So I, sometimes it's it. You know, if Mike, what was it, Mike? Positive expectancy. Right. Yeah, okay. I'll just go with keep it simple, stupid. Well, that's the same, you know. But, again, going back to if you're on the phone with a client, you're listening out there, and you're looking for wagering advice, you shouldn't be closed-minded and not wager on something regardless of what it is, horses, hockey, international soccer. The only issue should be you can't get a line on that game. But if you can get a line, these markets are so huge now. Like I said, you know, I used to basically take off, and this is – over a decade ago, Brian, I used to take off in the summertime. I would basically work from A to A, August 1st to April 1st, and then I would say, all right, I'm out, and I would go sit on the beaches in Italy from literally for four months when I didn't have kids. And I would not step back into this office till preseason football. And then 10 years ago, it just it exploded where you could basically wager 365 days, have access. They always had lines in Europe on soccer, but it was hard for us Americans to get down. Now you can run over to the Westgate. You can run over to any of these places, and you can actually get down on soccer. So now, guess what? I have no vacation, but I get to come out to Vegas every three weeks for a week, meet my esteemed clients, sit with you, drink cayenne pepper water, and make money with your free horse tips. <laughs> Uh, try the Tabasco sauce, man. I'm going to try. Tell her, tell her I'm going to try it. I'm going to throw I'll some get, Tabasco I'll get the, sauce. I'll get the, I'll get the, I think you missed, you missed the part where I said he doesn't eat. He only eats once every 24 hours. That's his new thing. Well, are, so what do you eat? Well, I don't know. I'll figure it out in 10 hours. Hey, you, <laughs> all right. Let me. I just want to go back. You know, just in terms of we were back to the horse racing for just a second. Uh, but again, and sure. this can apply to baseball streaks or the Buffalo basketball team that we talked about getting ahead of it. Uh, you know, in, in horse racing, I, I because I study it and I, I, you know, whatever. I love it. No. Okay, but he, you know what? But it, it's knowing some some things and, and and getting ahead of it. But in terms of the kind of money you can make, I would just say to you, um, there's a, a jockey at Oakland. His name's John Court. His father-in-law is his tra- is the trainer of the majority of horses the guy rides. Well. They're, they're always this lethal combination, and you only got to hit one out of every four or five races because you get you get a big balloon number, and you can make money on these guys. Right. Well, lo and behold, this year they are uh, absolutely on fire. Uh, this trainer 
in 23 starts has five wins. This guy's you winning. Stop the guy. What's his name? I'm Bill, this well, down. well, I'm just saying his name's Bill Fires. John Fiers. Cork. Well, John Court's the jockey, but his father-in-law is the, is the trainer. And there are certain instances and times a year where these guys strike while the iron's hot. But this guy has won five of 23 races. And you're sitting there going, well, that's not that good. Well, he's the trainer's winning at a 22% clip. The jockey overall is winning at a 14% clip. But he's riding every horse that this guy sends to post. Those five wins, I will tell you the average odds uh, on those horses is probably in the twelve to fourteen to one range. They right. had they had one horse that won uh, at eighteen to one, paid thirty seven dollars. And you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I, you blindly bet them. Sometimes you look and go, I don't care who's. Well, look, I'll be honest with you. I used to blindly walk into Pimlico and bet Edgar Prado. And you had, just it, blindly which, bet him. Well, hey, and he was winning four a day there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, it's like uh, so old Russell Bay's you, up at Golden Gate. Right. I mean, so sometimes you can. You know, but again, like you said, you're not. You're like you said. Somebody will watch a game for four hours, and they won't go be involved in a race. What's the What's the time? Exact time of a race usually? What's that? Oh, that was six they, six six furlongs, a minute twelve, a uh, mile and a sixteenth, a minute forty two. You know, it depends on the distance. I took. Listen, I took my son to the racetrack a couple of weeks ago, and I said, "He says, Dad, why is it everybody wants the horse to start running, or they start yelling?" He's looking at, you know, it's funny, look from a 13-year-old's perspective, these grown men losing their minds as they go to, come on, seven, come on. So it's funny. The reason why I say that, I was at the Red Rock meeting a client, and it was 12 noon in Vegas, which means the games aren't going to start for about four hours. And I said, wow, the book is full, Brian. Yep. It's well, full. John, Guess what? John, come on, nine. Come on, seven. Come on, nine. I'm looking at this guy. I'm going, I feel like I'm in Baltimore. He goes, yeah, they sit here. They bet horses till four o'clock. Then they move over and they go to the sports book. John, they're called race and sports books. And the horse, exactly. the horse players are a godsend to the sports books. In fact, it's the only area where the sports book's rooting for them to win. Because it's paramutual wagering. They're getting a rake on every dollar they bet. They want them to win because they're going to bet more on horses and they're going to go bet sports. Right, exactly. But it was interesting, like I said, the last trip was more prevalent than I've seen before. And now, obviously, it was the day after the Super Bowl, so I think there was a little bit of a lull. People needed their action, and I don't know. But I will say this, again, and this is the question I'll ask you. I don't want to beat a dead horse. Ha-ha! Oh, I want to beat a dead horse. smooth. Come on, that was pretty funny. That was good. How do you get the young guys in there? Because of all the people that were yelling, it was like my 78-year-old father, God bless him, yelling. How do you, and so the thing for me was is that I sat there with my client for a very long meeting, and then obviously around 3.30 what I started seeing is my counterparts, my 40-year-old, 45-year-old, 50-year-old clients coming in after they get off work or between shifts to make their sports wagers. So how do you get the young guys involved? And I don't mean 20-year-old, maybe even 50-year-old guys 40-year-old guys, because like I said, those guys yelling, filling up the sports book, they have, I would say, majority of them were 70-year-olds. Well, I would, it's funny thing is that I know you stay at Treasure Island on many occasions with our good friend Tony Neville, and they Absolutely. just had the NHC World Handicapping Championships over there, where the winner got $888,000 for the tournament. And they had 700 people in the room, and I put a picture out on Twitter. It was amazing. And they would turn for home in these mandatory races in a room with 700 people and big balloons on a line. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about you next time you come out you got to come out and catch this and it, it's insane and the atmosphere in there so is unbelievable you, the but these are the one the 880 did you follow it was the old guy young guy well the day i i actually wasn't there that final day but they actually had the leaders the top 10 go up on the stage and you could follow their plays but the, the atmosphere in that room was amazing and real quick because we only have a couple minutes left the one analogy i would make is, you know, here in Vegas is going bananas about the hockey team. Well, many of these people that are going nuts about the hockey team never looked cross-eyed at hockey before. And they go to a hockey game and they go, that's unbelievable. And now they're, they're passionately in love with this hockey team when they never, ever looked at hockey before. I would say the same thing about horse racing. Give it a shot. Go once. Sit with someone who can teach you how to read the form or, you know, they'll give you a little insight. Uh, and specifically, you guys are lucky you live down the street from a track where there are no tracks here but if you go to the track once and just go stand i would say the dog track's fun if you go there and watch the the dogs go racing by at 40 miles an hour believe me it's interesting 
Have you ever been to a chicken track? I went to Puerto Rico. No, I have fight. not. Oh, my. No. Betting like mad. No, I know. Yeah, co- no, we can't get you on a little chicken chicken? No, no, no. no. I'll, I'll stick with the dog, <laughs> the horses. Um, Mike, the guy's on hold on line nine. He wants the chicken <laughs> race, the third chicken race. <laughs> Unbelievable. It is uh, sportsinsiderradio.com. Uh, we invite you. Yeah, segue there, babe. <laughs> Uh, the, the phone number is 800-209-1679, 800-209-1679. Closing few minutes, guys. Um, and listen, just the college basketball is going to be a lot of fun. There are opportunities on the board. Uh, great time of year to get involved. Well, you know, college basketball is great, but right now I'm looking at the Shakhtar Donetsk AS Roma matchup in the Champions League today. Oh, I've been waiting for that You know, yesterday, Brian... I had, had the draw in the Chelsea game. You know, Chelsea-Barcelona, it's a big game. Everybody had, they thought they had an edge, but the reality, them playing, Barcelona playing on the road and Chelsea being man down, the, uh, the actual the tie was the best bet. It was only plus 240, so obviously it was a very contested game as a, a handicap to start, but, you know, I put a little on the tie. Well, and the, and the thing is, I mean, but there was some thought that went into that because in many instances, and we'll see that in hockey, coming up where I think you're going to see some lower scoring games. Uh, there'll be teams all of a sudden, you got the draw and if there's 15-20 minutes to go, no one's taking any chances. They'll they'll gladly play for the draw to get the point or whatever it is in the standings and at the end of the season here, points are going to be at such a premium. A tie hockey game with 10 minutes to go, teams are going to play very cautiously and play for the point. So, I mean, it's not like you just did that because, ah, I'll take a shot. I mean, there's some thought that goes into that. Well, hockey is very, very close to soccer because of the point system where you can get just a point and get out of the game and you're still moving ahead. And in soccer, because of these tournaments are two-legged matches where you're playing the same team, one at home, one in away, you could just get a point and just get out of there knowing you have another match to then be able to either put it all out on the line because this first game is just really a, a testament to what the next game is going to be. So you don't want to get beat, but you also want to play a little defensive. And if you're down a goal, just get the tie. They're not going to go all out to get the win. You really have to play all these factors, especially in soccer as well as hockey, than just playing a team blind. Fellas, always a pleasure. Good stuff. Uh, the show will be archived for you. SportsInsiderRadio.com. And the number to call the boys, 800-209-1679. Is it still 70 degrees there, or did it go down to 30? 77. Yeah, what's it going to be tomorrow? 40. <laughs> no, really, it's 40. Right. Running th- oh, no. When it's, when it's that hot, you know there's something behind it. All right, kids. Have Absolutely. A, have a great day. We'll talk soon. SportsInsiderRadio.com, 800-209-1679. That's 1-800-209-1679. Pick up the phone and make the call. Get today's Consensus Club play absolutely free. Coming from the outside to the inside here at SportsInsidersRadio.com. Get our top consensus play from me, John, yours truly, plus Kenny White and Brian Blessing. It's absolutely free. Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. 1-800-209-1679. with the legendary Radio Shopping Show here on 1400 KSHP North Las Vegas and at KSHP.com.